Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I got him, Valara. I just had dinner with the Obama. What did you do? Hop up on Twitter talking about the stuff you don't do. Rock off for Lauren Shorty, cause that is what you gonna do. Sabiato, new balance of style. Third down and six, right up the gut. That is Gibson, and he is gone. Third of the ball game for the rookie Antonio Gibson. Farms at the farms, all you hear is oi. One time for BDR, we just try to see you out. I used to be with Nas, beating Murray City up. Why should you talk to one respect about it? Picked up, and Mullins fumbles the football. Washington has it back. Chase Young, they're chasing him down the sideline. And Chase Young has a Washington touchdown. I've been ungrateful but thankful. I've been ungrateful but thankful. Maybe I got it all too fast. Too soon. Been living life, no fans, no rules. And I've been trying to make it last, make it move. But I'ma hop in this point and I can fool scoops. I've been ungrateful, I'm what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Burgundy Network Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Taylor. Joining me to whichever side it is, Brian Murphy from Atlanta, Georgia. What is going on, Brian? How you doing? What's up, man? Ready to talk some defense. I, I like where we at. We, we we are with the offense. I thought we broke it down. Still waiting on a call from Ron and the guys. I feel like we we yeah. pretty much figured it out, but maybe we can convince them with our defensive talk. I shot him a DM. I'm just waiting to hear back. So it's it's pending. But guys, this episode is brought to you by 500 Level, who specializes in officially licensed t-shirts like the one Brian's wearing. Today, I'm repping my HTWR shirt just because I love those guys. And I'm I'm what you kids call these days a simp, I guess is the word for HTWR. Great podcast. Check them out also. Part of the Capital Network. Um, but so first off, I want to start off the episode just by saying, um, you know, the burgundy and gold globes were tonight uh, a lot of people got great recognition and i just want to shout out everybody who was a part of that all of the fan podcasts and the burgundy zone ended up winning it so big shout out to those guys and i just think it's important to say like we are all one team doesn't matter like who you are what you podcast like what do you do but we're one team literally rooting for one team so i think us as podcasters we just all work together to show the other 31 teams in the NFL that we are the best fan base in the NFL. Wouldn't you agree, Brian? Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, I'm down here in Atlanta and I, you know, I follow some Atlanta guys, Atlanta fans, and I know that they don't really have something like this, just the, the passion that uh, these fans do. So I'm just honored to be a part of it. And congratulations to all the nominees and uh, Burgundy Network podcast. We're going to come back hungry uh, and hunt for one next year. That's for sure, though. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, the nominations, like, that, that's cool. Like, that's not what we do. For, I just love talking about the team. But, like, for the Washington football team to recognize people, because this is a lot yeah. of hard work. I don't know, like, if people realize how much work really goes into this. We love doing it. It's something we're passionate about. But still, you know, we don't get paid to do this. We do this out of the passion for the game. So just shout out to those guys that are mentioned. Like I said, HGWR, one of my favorite podcasts, but still the DC Tweet team. Big Douglas show kills it has the best guest I've ever seen. And then the Burgundy zone, best setup, best graphics, best everything. They all really push me and push, I would say us together yeah, to absolutely. give our best product. So just proud of those guys. But on um, the HTWR actually got to sit down with Jack Del Rio in an interview not too long ago. Yeah. I don't know how they pulled that off. He won't tell me. I'm kind of mad about <laughs> it, but, uh, but still just a huge pull in a great interview. And that leads me to a point that we're going to talk about today, which is Jack Del Rio's defense in the free agency market. Got a couple questions. We're actually going to start off with a cool little game uh, that I told Brian about. So I think that'll be interesting. Um, And then really just look at these positions and see where we could spend our money. You know, our defense was a lot better last season on the top five defenses in the league. Obviously a big part to our defensive line. And it seemed like the whole team really revolved around that. So that is where we are. 
But go ahead, Brian. No, I was going to say, like, before we, we jump in, I feel like we probably agree the defense is way closer than the offense. So I think on the defensive oh, yeah. side of the ball, it's really adding some uh, supplemental pieces, maybe not some cornerstone big names, but guys that would come in and really kind of just solidify how well that defense played last year. So kind of going in, we're not looking to get the big splashy names, at least not on my end, but just those guys that would complement this defense really well um, and just build off of that fourth-ranked defense from, from last season. Yeah, in two big pieces, um, one that we were kind of worried about with Ronald Darby really has had such a roller coaster of a career. I'm yeah. in Philadelphia that like this guy's gonna get burned by everybody. Like glad he's going to Washington. Like can't wait to see those guys suck with them. And turned out to be one of the more important signings, especially on the defensive side for us. Had a great season. Uh, looking to possibly get him back. And the same with Kevin Pierre Lewis, our linebacker core, um, which you know we've talked about recently. And I just talked. Uh, to Adam and Donovan about the draft and how we need to improve that linebacker spot and how important it might be to bring back Kevin Pierre-Lewis, who had a better season than a lot of us were predicting. So, Brian, let's start with a little game. This is called the free agency check-in. All right. So, I'm going to be Ron Rivera, and we have Oof. some notable big names. Shoes. Big shoes to fill there. That's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's quite the task, yeah. but okay. I'm not good, even trying to fill shoes. I'm just trying to tie the strings. I'm not even going to attempt – I was going to have like some like gambling stuff behind me, maybe like a little roulette and stuff, but didn't have enough time for all that riverboat. Yep. But I will start with this because we have some notable names in the free agency and I want to check in with you. I'm going to be Ryan. You're going to be these players. Yeah. You have to be honest with me. You have to say, Hey, this is what I'm expecting. This is what I think should happen. And we're going to see if you're going to be back in Washington. Are you down? Let's do it. Awesome. So first up we have Ronald Darby, who I just said, Ended up being one of the best signings last year for only $3 million on a one-year deal. Ronald, your deal is up. You are a free agent this year. You were great for us last season. PFF says we're going to sign you next season to a possibly 10 mil uh, deal per year. What do you think about that? Do you think we should pay you that much? Do you want to come back? How are you feeling right now? Look, Coach, uh, it was nice to come back home and play. Uh, yep. First time in my career, I played all 16 games, started all of them for you, too. Um, you know, I took a chance on myself signing a, a one-year deal like that. And now I think it's time to come home and stay home. I think that uh, I, I fit well in this defense. I had one of my best seasons ever. I mean, no picks, but just the impact that I had on the game was undeniable. Um, so I, I think it makes a whole lot of sense, not just for me, but for the team as well, to keep that continuity uh, Kendall and I and Jimmy, uh, us corners, we, we, we work well together and I, I want to see us out there for a long time together. And I'd love to come back and uh, not just for a year, but for for many years to come. So sign me back. Let's make this happen and let's make it happen sooner rather than later. I feel like I'm on Madden right now. <laughs> you, yeah. know, you do the uh, player negotiations and like the uh, career mode. That's what it feels like. Ronald, I got to agree with you, man. You know, you paired up well with Kendall Fuller. Um, really held down that secondary for us. I think you're worth bringing it back on another contract. Like I said, you're projected to have like a three-year, 10 mil uh, per, per, per season deal. I'm good with that. If you hold up like you did last season, make those big plays, like I said, not really turnover-wise, but you held down your own against some of the top wide receivers. Um, and especially in the NFC East, you got guys like Amari Cooper, Golden Tate on the Giants. They're looking to possibly draft Devontae Smith, maybe Jalen Waddle coming to the NFC East. We need all the help we can get in the secondary. That's a pretty – I'd say that's a reasonable deal for you. So, Ronald, I would bring you back. You want to be back in Washington? We'd Let's love to have you. Let's do Sign it. Sign on the dotted line. I'm ready. You sold me. Now, this guy, I don't know about. This one's going to pull some heartstrings for some people. But the sack man himself, all-time leading sack leader in Washington history, Ryan Kerrigan, biggest question mark of the offseason right here. I know you're not happy with your role, Ryan. I get it. You don't want to be a rotational guy. But, dude, we have Montez Sweat and we have Chase Young. We're paying you 12 mil a year already. Yes, you had great stats last season. For your limited snaps in your role, you know, you had some sack numbers. You showed that you still got it. But you made it known at the end of the season you weren't really happy with this rotational position. Where do you stand right now? Do you want to be back in Washington? I mean, look, I love Washington. It's where I've been my entire career. It's, uh, you know, it's been everything for me. It made huge plays. Uh, I mean, I'm the heartbreak kid. I mean, that's who I am. 
but I, I, I see, I see what's going on and it, you know, no hard feelings. I know this is also a business, but I know that I can give starter reps to a team. Um, but you guys, I mean, Washington's got legit guys. They've got Chase Young, they've got Montez Sweat, and I know they're younger and they're faster. And, you know, that was me back in the day, but I, I don't think we're, we're there right now. So if, if you can't guarantee me starter uh, reps, I mean, maybe not technically starting every game, but not starter reps or legit reps, then I want to go somewhere where I can prove that I can just do it at least for one or two more years before I, I ride off into the sunset. And I'd love for it to be here, but, you know, I see what's in front of me and I see those two freaks on the outside and, you know, it's undeniable. You know, one big question is what if those big freaks get hurt? Then what do you do? What's our depth look like? And I know you're a rotational guy, but you could possibly be a star. You know, God forbid if something happens, we saw Chase Young get a little bit nicked up last season. Not going to curse anything. Going to knock on wood right now and just hope that he has a long, healthy career. But you never know. Injuries happen in the NFL. Do you stick it out with the team you've been faithful to, or do you chase after a Super Bowl contender? So, Ryan, honestly, you're going to be the real heartbreak kid here if you don't come back to Washington, and that's okay. It's a business. We agree with you. We can't pay you what you want as a starter role, and we're going to go with these young guys. If you had to pick any team in the NFL to go to, who are you headed to? Yeah, I think you mentioned a contender like a Kansas City or, you know, even a, a Baltimore, you know, that where I can go in and make an impact and be one of their top two, top three pass rushers. Uh, I think that, you know, I can make something happen there. Um, but, you know, I'll always be back. I'll be back down down the line and I'll be up there in that ring of honor and uh, I'll always be a Redskin slash football team member and love my time here. And if this is the end, you know, it's it's been great and no hard feelings and uh, I wish the best for this team and this organization. I know that they wish the same for me. Look, we're not going to send you across the beltway and we have to look at you all the time, right? That's true. That would be tough, but you know, it's that's easy, too close. Easier we're going to break up. Family. We're going to send you to San Fran or something. At, le- at least I'd be out of the conference uh, over there in, in Baltimore, but, uh, and we wouldn't have to play each other unless we ended up in the, the Super Bowl, which would be nice, a beltway bowl or, you know, years down the, the road. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, it is what it is. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens here. It's a long off season, but um, uh, you know, no hard feelings. Like I said, I agree. I don't think Karen's going to be back. I'm not Ron anymore. This is just Josh talking. I don't think Karen comes back. Yeah. I'm, I'm back as well. I, I don't think so either, especially not for like the money that you're mentioning. And he is a rotational guy. And I think, I think you can find a veteran and, you know, we can get into it a little bit more later, obviously, but I think you can find a veteran that can come in and be that situational guy for a lot less. And, and probably is a, a little bit younger too. I agree. This guy, he's young, kind of had a role last few seasons, but last year he was pretty much non-existent. And I want to know why Ryan Anderson, welcome to my office, sir. You know, we did change up our defense to that 4-3, we, you know, signed some guys, even drafted, you know, uh, Smith-Williams, some other defensive guys, but don't really know what your role is right now. You talked about um, in camp earlier before the season, you loved how Del Rio was, you know, doing with the defense, and you're not, you know, asked to drop into coverage anymore. You're just sticking your hand in the dirt. What do you think your role is here, and is this, you know, something you want to be a part of, or are you trying to go somewhere else where you have a bigger role? Yeah, I think that's the the biggest question I have is where do I fit in? Am I an end? Am I a linebacker? Am I an outside linebacker? You know, what am I what am I doing here? And it just kind of seems like I was kind of the odd man out, just kind of an odd fit here. Um, you know, I love like like you said, I love what Coach Del Rio was doing. You know, I'm not a coverage guy. I do want to go out for the quarterback and I want to hit guys, but still, it just kind of seems I'm in between roles and. If I don't have a defined role, I, I don't know that I want to be here. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't know that uh, this is the best fit for me. And maybe I can find a place where uh, I can plug in a little bit better and they can use my skill sets uh, more. And it, it, it's no hard feelings. I know that sometimes a, a certain defense calls for a certain guy. And uh, I guess I'm just not that in the eyes of the coach. I, you know, I've loved being here in Washington, but. Uh, like you said, I just kind of haven't found my niche, my role for uh, to be a regular guy, and maybe it is time to just move along. Yeah, you know, beginning of the season, I thought we would use you in like NASCAR packages and stuff like that, just rushing to the quarterback. That's what you do. That's what you do best. You know, sometimes you struggle getting to the quarterback, but once you get there, we saw with all the strip sacks two seasons ago, 
even back at Alabama, that game at Tennessee that Josh was at when you strip sack Dobbs to win the game. That's just what you do. You find the ball, you get it, you cause turnovers, but you know, you are that liability and covered. So really the biggest question is what kind of role do you go towards? And my question is, could he even be like a rotational edge guy? You know, if Ryan Kerrigan does leave, are you bringing this guy on third downs just to straight up rush the quarterback, fresh legs on the field, maybe stop the run if he needs to, possibly? Obviously, so has, yeah, obviously has the skill set to, to do that and can can jump in there if need be. It's just, is he is he worth bringing back if that's his only role? You know, you kind of yeah. just want a little bit more out of him. I'm not sure what you get from him. I just really do feel like he's just like a – square peg in a round hole right now yeah i i haven't decided if we're gonna bring him back or not but um it's just that kind of like where do we go with him kind of guy it wouldn't surprise me if we don't and he didn't like i said he was non-existent last year but the year before that you you saw him making big plays like you really forgot like dang i didn't hear anything about ryan anderson this right. year at all like i don't remember him making any plays or even playing so it's really going to be interesting to see what Del Rio thinks and how he fits in the schemes. And then last but not least, real quick, Kevin Pierre-Lewis. Like I said, sir, you were a great signing last year. No one knew who the heck you were coming out of Chicago. Ended up being a great linebacker for us, especially in the coverage. Run stopping was a little iffy all across the uh, linebacker core. But you held your own, made some big plays, definitely helped us out along the stretch. KPO, are you looking to come back, sir, or are you trying to head back to Chicago or somewhere else? Yeah, I think it was noticeable when I was out there, like you said, kind of flying to the ball. Maybe not the the most uh, secure tackler by any means, but I was flying around. I had my best year, had the most starts in my career, uh, had more starts than I ever had. Um, you know, maybe I got thrown in a little bit more as a starter than I expected, but, you know, we knew this linebacking core was a little weak. So I'd love to come back and I'd love to, you know, potentially be a couple of linebackers that you, you bring in. And, and really just contribute as a, a rotational piece a little bit more, you know, have, have a significant role, but also be able to fresh, stay fresh a little bit, you know, got a little banged up, um, but would love to come back. I think I fit well. And I, I proved myself finally, once I was given my first, you know, real chance to, uh, to be a starter and to be a legit contributor for this team. You know, I'll be honest. Can we upgrade your position? Yes. Are we okay with running back another season or two with you? You know, if if we don't, if we you know run out of money in the free agent market, or if we don't draft a guy um, at your spot, but we're 100% comfortable running back with KPL, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But can we upgrade? Yes. So that's the biggest thing for me is who's going to be available, how much are we going to draft a guy possibly? Um, but I, I wouldn't be mad if he came back. Like I said, it definitely exceeded my expectations of what. Oh would yeah, me too. Him, so. And, and turned I, out to be a great pick. Yeah, I, I mean that. I feel like you there was a difference that you could tell when he was kind of flying around. It allowed some of the other linebackers like Holcomb and Bostic to kind of be a little safer, I guess. And 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 uh KPL was kind of the guy that was going around making plays out in the flats and that kind of thing. So yeah, I definitely think he was a key piece for this defense, but you're right, they certainly can upgrade. But if it's not the worst thing in the world if he comes back in his one of the starters but you know linebacker I think we all know is the glaring weakness on this team and you'd love to upgrade via the draft and maybe even free agency maybe both of them you take both routes I I think I'd be okay with that so yeah Yeah, it'll be interesting to see but but you're right KPL is certainly not a bad fallback plan if we lose KPL and you know we cut Bostic or if he retires or whatever he does that's two big holes in linebacker core. We're right back to, hey, we need to fill us up because the rest of the defense is too good to not have a good yeah. linebacker core. Yeah, but on the flip side also, like, I mean, it's also John Bostic and, and Kevin Pierre-Lewis. They're not huge names. Yeah. Yes, they're <laughs> holes, but, you know, you could probably plug and play a couple of guys that will give you about the same production. So, obviously, you want to upgrade, but if you do end up losing these guys, I don't think it's the end of the world. Um, but you know, it remains to be seen. Sometimes you lose out and you don't get the guys you expect. So definitely don't, like you said, you don't want to go back to, uh, putrid linebacking play. We, we need some legit thumpers in there. Yeah. I want some hungry guys that get after the ball. And we're going to mention some guys here in a minute that could possibly do that. I want to start real quick with the defensive line. We're going to take a look at our shopping list is what I want to call it. You know, I really took a look at, look at the free agents the last couple of days and really dug deep into it and seen like, where would these guys fit? How would they fit for us? 
you know, what, what kind of holes would we possibly have going into the season? And that's a question that I've talked about, you know, in our group chat a couple of times now is what, what do we do for the defensive line in the free agency? Like, do we save our money for these guys who are going to get paid in 2022, 2023, these young guys coming off the rookie deals, do you sign depth? You know, if you do lose a guy like Kerrigan, you don't really have much behind it. If something was to happen, like you're just going out there with Smith Williams pretty much. Right. So in your opinion, how much money are you really willing to spend on this D-line? Do you feel like it's even necessary on the outside or the inside? Yeah, right now I it's definitely at the bottom of the list in terms of the defense. I think we saw how strong this defense can be, how strong John Allen and, and Deron Payne can be. And honestly, you're almost getting a free agent for free this year. You basically played all of last year without Matt Ioannidis. He might be the best quote unquote free agent that you're going to pick up. And he's, he's a game changer. We know what he can do uh, against the run and rushing from inside. So I really think, you know, maybe you bring in a young, a guy that's been around a couple of years, but you don't spend a whole lot. You know, like you said, you're looking for depth right here. You've got your clear starters across the board. You know, if you throw Chase and, and Montez in on the on the line per se, um, and Deron Payne and John Allen, and then Settle rolling in Ionitis. You know, you've got your guys. I think the the depth is where uh, you really address it. And maybe that's even in the draft. Maybe it's not even in free yeah. agency. I mean, like you said, we have James Smith Williams. He played a little bit. He he cut his teeth a bit in the NFL. So, you know, if we were grouping the positions, they would definitely be at the bottom to where I'm like, okay, if there's a, a cheap guy that can come in and just be a depth piece, cool, I'm with it. But not not a big name and probably, honestly, probably not a name that a lot of us are going to recognize is, is probably what's going to end up happening with the defensive line. And I'm okay with that. Um, but you know, you, like you said, injuries, you can never account for, but you always want to have a backup plan. And so maybe that's where you go and get a little bit more depth there, but you got to feel pretty good about your defensive line. Yeah. I wrote down one name that I've kind of kept an eye on and that's Kerry Hyder from San Francisco 49ers, young, cheap guy. Not a lot of people are going to know him. Just like you said, it's going to, it's not going to be, you know, uh, Yannick uh, Ngoku or Jadavian Clowney or anything right. like that coming in. We're not going to drop, you know, 15, 20 mil on a uh, edge player. I think in, inside, I think we're set. With Matt Ioannidis coming back, Payne, Allen, Tim Settle doing what he's doing. Um, could we possibly trade one of these guys in the huge package or whatever the hypotheticals are? Possibly. I'm not really considering. I think we're going to run it with the guys we have right now. I don't see any of them leaving this year, possibly next year. Um but if we were to sign a guy, like I said, Kerry Hyder is one guy that really uh, I've kept an eye on that might not come back. And then you have to look at these teams that are really over the cap. And I'll talk yeah. about some guys <laughs> soon, like the Saints. Like They have no choice but to lose these good guys. Right. Um, the 49ers, they have some money, but they have so many guys, especially on defense, they have to pay. Richard Sherman's one we'll talk about. Um, I know they have a couple corners on another safety, too, that they just don't have enough money for. So – I don't, and, I don't think we really sign anyone big, but go ahead. No, and I, I think you're absolutely right with these teams that are over the cap, and we know that the cap is a little bit smaller. You know, all, We know all about that with COVID and all that. But I, I think Washington could be one of those teams that benefits from maybe like the second wave when they do have to get down to a certain yeah. amount. And maybe they there is an unexpected uh, cap casualty, whether it be on the defensive line or, or you know at other positions. I think Washington – you know, we might not see them go after these. Uh, you know, I, I think they're going to be active in free agency, but we might also see them do it in, in the next wave and scoop a guy that maybe didn't have a spot or was costing too much money for a team and um, really get some value in, in that regard because they're in a pretty good ca uh, cap space themselves. Um, so maybe that's where they, they jump in when these guys are, are, are on the streets. Uh, maybe not at this moment, but later on. Yeah, one thing you'll notice about free agency this year, it's going to feel a lot like the NBA. A lot of people are going to be signing like one year, like big name guys are going to be mm -hmm. signing like one, two year deals. You're like, whoa, like Aaron Jones plays for who now? Like it's going right. to be these big name guys. Um, like I said, Jadavion Clowney, Richard Sherman, Patrick Peterson's mentionable names that I'll bring up. Um, but I don't think anything on the D line is going to really change. Um, possibly, I think, I think we'll draft a guy on the edge like Teron Jackson, a late round guy out of Coastal Carolina. I don't see us really signing anyone. Even if it's like a cheap deal, you really have to save as much money as you can for your guys coming up. And then um, 
signing other positions. What were you going to say? I'm thinking, you know, you bring up a good point that, you know, these guys realize what the deal is right now with the cap. And I wonder if Washington might try to use that to their advantage where they say, you know what, these teams don't have the cap money to give you the deal you're looking for. We actually do. And I wonder if they could sweeten the deal a little bit with me, with some of these guys saying, hey, I know it's tighter than it's been in years, but we have some flexibility. We have more room than a lot of these teams. and We can actually sign you to a more legit deal. I don't know if that's a real life possibility, but it, it might be something that Washington's able to not exploit, but at least explore during this free agency period. And free agency is all about just swapping players and short-term success and hoping it pans out for you. Right. I mean, there's a reason getting rid of them. Yeah. I mean, I think we've heard it all. I mean, there's a reason these guys are free agents, you know, the, the really good studs are not normally free agents. So there's always warts on a lot of these guys. So yeah, really it's finding the best fit and not breaking the bank, but getting guys that can contribute. All right, now I'll say, like we have talked about, the linebacker core can definitely upgrade. And the biggest name so far this offseason has been Levante David. Shout out to Adam Aniba. Did a great article on Levante David. Check him out at the burgundyandgoldreport.com. But especially after the Super Bowl, everyone's like, Levante David, like we need him in Washington. Like every team wants Levante David right, right. now. For us, we need that leader at Mike Linebacker. That's something I've talked about with wanting a guy like Zayvon Collins. But if not, you have a guy like Levante David, even though he's a little bit older on the 31 age side of it. Mm. Yeah. How do you feel about that? But still one of the best linebackers in the NFL. And he showed why with Tampa Bay, especially this past season. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of on the no side because of his age or where are you standing? No, I mean, don't get me wrong. The guy is legit. He balled out. I mean, we saw how big he was for Tampa Bay. Um, but I mean, how much is that is having another stud in, in Devin White right next to you? I mean, that makes it a little bit easier. It probably makes a 30 year old feel a little bit younger, but 30, I mean, for me, 30, right around 30 makes me a little bit nervous. And especially for a guy like a linebacker where your one job is to go and throw your body in the way of another guy. I mean, it starts to add up and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to downplay what Levante David has done. But do we really want to spend a whole bunch of money on a guy that is on the other side of 30 and just based on football is not going to get any better, any younger, any fresher? It might not be as sweet a deal as we think we're getting. We're not getting Levante David from a couple of years ago. We're getting a guy that came off playing with just a really good defense, took advantage of it, won a Super Bowl. He just might seem a little sweeter right now but when you take a step back and look at it is he really worth the big 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 dollars i don't know i i would probably be out i mean i'd love to have levante david but not if he's going to cost you and and break the bank not 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 for that much not for a 31 year old yeah but he's so good like if no, you're looking for if you're looking for high caliber play recognition play speed and just reading the quarterback and just he has that instinct like see ball get ball like He's not like our linebackers where it's like, oh, the running, let me go tackle him. He's right. like, this guy's about to get the ball, and I'm going to kill him. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to lay the hammer on him. No, no But doubt. he is 31. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he definitely – it's like he diagnoses plays where our linebackers in recent years have waited for the play to come to them, and it's – Yeah, you wait. You, as a linebacker, you either wait for the play to develop or you recognize the play and you, you anticipate it. it. Yeah. Yep. You jump the gun. So that's that's what he does. He's probably the best free agent middle linebacker in this class this season, hands down. Um, they had, I think, Sport Tracker PFF had him um, projected to restein with the Bucks at 13 mil per year. I feel like that's kind of cheap for him, but to stay in Tampa and you know possibly win another Super Bowl, I think he would do it. But I feel like if he's going to leave and go somewhere else, you're looking at like the 15, 16 mil range possibly per year. Yeah, um, I mean it's gonna it's gonna be jacked up a little bit because you're yeah. right. There, you know, we're sitting here talking about him, and there's probably 30 other teams. You know, yeah. Bay's a given, but 30 other teams would probably love to have him too. Yeah, there's a Buffalo Bill podcast right now talking right. about him. <laughs> well, it's, I'm Everybody glad you brought up to. Buffalo the Buffalo Bills. The guy yep. that I kind of like is is Matt Milano, and I he's wonder next on my list. Yeah, I wonder what. If, if he gets away from Buffalo, which you got to think that they like the pieces they have there and probably want him back. But, uh, you know, he's a little bit younger. He just seems to be kind of the same guy. He's able to read and react instead of just 
kind of wait for things to come to him. I just feel like, you know, not that I watch a whole lot of Buffalo Bills football, but I always feel like when I'm watching that defense, he's a big part of it and uh, could be a, a solid piece to have for the linebacking core. Yeah, there's a guy at my work. He's a diehard Buffalo Bill fan. I was asking him literally at lunch today. I was writing some his notes, and I was like, "Are y'all gonna resign Matt Milano? Like, how 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 are y'all feeling about it?" And he's like, "Dude, I don't know. He's great in coverage. I feel like he'd be more of a will linebacker for us." He said he's great in coverage, but he can be such a liability in the run stop, and he has missed mm-hmm. tackle problems. Um, but still, like, he's that good at coverage. It's worth taking a risk on and yeah. just saying, hey, clean up your tackles and your run defense. Um, but he actually had the 11th best coverage grade in the NFL among linebackers since 2018. Um, can cover running backs and slot receivers. That's what you're looking for when you're looking for uh, a linebacker in this level. Go ahead. Yeah, and I was going to say when, I, when I'm seeing a lot of mock drafts with you know pass catchers going to uh, our rival teams and I'm seeing Kyle Pitts being you know mocked to the – Eagles, the Giants, and the Cowboys. I mean, give me a linebacker that can cover. So, you know, maybe yeah. you, you're willing to give up a little bit in that run support for a guy. And we've said we we have preached it on the Burgundy Network podcast how bad this team has been covering tight ends. They tightened it up this year, but you can never get too many guys that can run and, and are fast and are big like linebackers are. So, you know, that that yeah, I get the run stopping part, but you know, give me that coverage. I'll, I'll take that every day. Yeah, now is not the season to go back in coverage and be as bad as we were the last few seasons before Del Rio. Um, He's looking for more of like a 13.8 mil per year contract. Not too bad, honestly, especially if, you know, he's a younger guy, but great coverage linebacker. Like I said, we just don't know what's going to happen with KPL. If he is gone, this is the kind of guy you're really going to be looking for to come in and hold it down. Um, Another guy, Jayon Brown, Mm -hmm. comparable to Milano, a guy that I wrote down. I don't know if he's on your list or not. Um, but Milano does really well um, in single coverage while Brown is more best in his zone coverage. So I feel like he'd be a good fit for us. Um, but Brown has the fourth best forced incompletion percentage since 2017. So another great coverage linebacker. Not many people have heard of him. I didn't really know much of who he was um, until I re- really looked him up and I've watched a couple of Tennessee games. So go ahead. Yeah. And you know, we see what the NFL is going towards. I mean, it's not really the eye formation, line it up and run it between the tackles. Obviously, teams can still do that, but you need guys. You need your linebackers and your safeties to be able to cover. I mean, there's a reason that Travis Kelsey makes a living doing what he's doing because he's huge. He can run fast, and you need a linebacker to be able to run with him, a la the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, but even then, Travis Kelsey, I think, had over 100 yards in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's just the way the NFL is going, and you yeah. need guys to cover. So when we say, oh, he's not great in the run, but he's good in coverage, I mean, to me, that's not really that bad of a trade-off with the way the NFL is going. So that's not as big of a turnoff as maybe it, it would be in previous years. I mean, there's only there's only one Derrick Henry that really runs between the tackles and makes you pay. Everybody else is that quick passing game, getting the running backs out of the backfield, and you need some guys that can cover that. Yeah, and my biggest nightmare is if the Giants draft like Waddle, the uh, Eagles get like Devontae Smith, and then right. someone else gets Pitts. Like that's not ideal. Like <laughs> you want yeah. to be able to cover some of those guys, and they still like I said, like Amari Cooper. Like you still have great wide receivers and tight ends in our division. Um, one other guy I wrote down because um, I think the Seahawks have really been pushing this guy because they, they drafted Jordan Brooks in the first round, which was a huge surprise. A guy I liked a lot out of Texas Tech, but might be rubbing this guy the wrong way. That's K.J. Wright, who's been mm-hmm. one of the top linebackers in the league for the last few seasons. You know, there's not many middle linebackers like we talked about with Levante David in this free agency class, but there's a lot of outside linebackers. And a guy like K.J. Wright, like I said, he might not be liking that his role is getting limited because of a guy like Jordan Brooks, yeah. who played more snaps than I thought he would with Seattle this season. How do you feel about K.J. Wright? I feel like he'd be a great addition on the outside force. Well, yeah. I mean, he's another 31-year-old, but he, you know, like you said, he's been a solid linebacker, but he's not getting the same attention that Levante David is. You know, if you could get him for a little bit cheaper – I'm I'm with that. You know, I'm I just don't want to pay top dollar big time linebacker money to a guy over 30. But if you can get him on a reduced deal, you know, you know, he's like you said he didn't play as much, maybe di- didn't have as big of a role, can you kind of use that to your advantage and get him for a little bit less than normal? I'd rather go that way than than paying out the wazoo for Levante David, but that's but that's yeah. just me. 
if I'm Washington, I'm like, KJ, right? We don't have a Jordan Brooks. We're not going to draft a guy yeah, on I mean, the outside. This is your linebacker court. You come take you, over. Yeah, go watch our linebacker tape. You'll, you'll be yeah. instantly the best linebacker on this team. So exactly. come on, brother. And I will say the, the biggest question mark could be the biggest surprise. I doubt it would happen. The Broncos would be crazy, but there's rumors that they're not going to pick up their option on Von Miller. Would you take yeah. him for all that money or no? I mean, I mean he's going to require a lot. Like yeah, a lot he's I see him like somebody said and I can't get it out of my mind. I just see him going straight to Baltimore cuz I think they're going to lose Ugh. Yannick Ngakwe and they they might lose uh Judon too. It just makes sense. They always Yeah, Judon has been sending some hot tweets. He ain't, he ain't too happy either. Well, it seems like they always get that that linebacker or that pass rusher or that defensive guy that's a little bit past his prime and he just gets rejuvenated in Baltimore. So I see him going there if he does. To me, I think you're set right now on pass rushers. I mean, obviously, you'd love to have a Von Miller, but I think they, they might be a little too steep right now. Yeah, there's like a 5% chance he doesn't return to Denver. If yeah. They're insane if they don't re-sign him back. That man is all the Broncos have right now. They need to ride that horse until he retires. Yeah. Um, but linebacker, like I said, I think best bet for us is, you know, do we get a Levante David? Possibly not. So that's why, you know, I'm saying I'm sticking to my guns. You drive Zayvon Collins at 19. And then you sign one of these outside guys like Milano, Brown, possibly KJ Wright to take over that outside role with KPL. Because to be honest with you, all three of those guys upgrades over KPL. There's no doubt about it. He's yeah. been great for us. But I say you spend the money, you get that linebacker court where it needs to be. And we're right up there in those top three defenses next season. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. I think linebackers certainly in. You know, I'm not going to guarantee it's our first pick, but I, I think in the first couple of rounds, they're definitely taking a game-changing linebacker. So, you know, we're talking free agent linebackers here, but I think another quote-unquote free agent is definitely coming from the draft. I agree. The safety role. We drafted that diamond in the gym. Cameron Crowell has been a stud for us. Can't wait to see what he does in Washington. But he needs some help. Jeremy Reeves, I like him. He was solid. Yeah. But can he play that as a starter consistently through the whole season? Or do you bring in a vet that could hold down that role and help Cam curl out? Because once again, this defense is too good to have any kind of liabilities in the field. Apke, he's yeah. out. <laughs> he's gone. I'm never going to say his name again. Um, but Reeves, you just don't really know if he can hold that whole season down. So for me, there's a lot of big names in the safety uh, position. Well, and then also, you know, kind of potentially the elephant in the room is Landon Collins coming back. Where does yeah. he fit into all of this? Is he does he kind of become uh, you know hybrid linebacker safety? That's definitely got to be part of the conversation as well. But I'm with you. I think that they definitely have to address safety uh, in free agency, and and there are a couple of intriguing names out there for sure. Yeah, I'm looking at all. I didn't even look at a single strong safety to be honest with you. Yeah, because if Landon Collins does come back, if Cameron Curl gets hurt or something you know happens, then Landon Collins, you're back. Or, right. you know, if, if he has to move back to that position, if we move him somewhere else. To me, it was just – I looked at nothing but free safeties. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. And I'll start with this. I was looking at projections. Once again, PFF has a signing a guy who I talked about last season. Not sure. This guy, you either love him or you hate him. It's Anthony Harris. Mm-hmm. PFF has us signing him to a potential four-year, $56 million contract, about 14 mil per season. He's been one of the most – underrated safeties in the league the last few seasons um, with Minnesota. And it seems like their defense took a big step back last season. It wasn't just him. It seemed like it was everybody. But before that, he's been posting like high 90 grades, mid 90 grades um, as a safety. How do you feel about Anthony Harris? Have you really looked too much into him? Yeah, I I just feel like I've heard his name for over a year, like you're saying. And, you know, maybe I've become tired of him or maybe it's just I don't know enough about Minnesota. But it seems like you know, that their defense wasn't very good, so why would we want to go and get their guy? But, I mean, not last year, but the year before, he's coming off a six-pick season. I mean, making impact plays. And, and I know all pro. Right. I, I know stats don't tell everything, so that's that's not necessarily fair. But, um, you know, I, at the same time, I think it'd be an upgrade over Jeremy Reeves. I mean, there's no doubt about that. No, no offense to Jeremy Reeves, but you get a guy in there who's – been in there a, a few years, been a solid starter, has made some plays. I, I'd be okay with it, and I think it makes sense. And if that helps to lock down the safety position, have another guy alongside uh, Cameron Curl, 
uh, I'd be cool with it. Yeah, he's six one, one ninety. He's twenty nine years old. So you know, if we were to sign him to this hypothetical four year contract, you're looking at him getting a little older in the the back half of that right. contract. But he is from Richmond, Virginia. Little be known, might Bring be coming home. home. Look, he's only like an hour down the road from me if he comes back home. So you have to, I mean, you have to really, you know, if he still has family in Richmond, that's that's pretty enticing. Like if yeah. you're a player, returning back home, playing in front of your family or leaving the cold Minnesota. It's cold here. We've had some ice and snowstorms recently. It sucked. It's been 60s last few days, so it's nice. But you really have to consider that as a player. Like, are you going to come back to your hometown potentially and play? Um, but still, like you said, it's a huge upgrade. Mm-hmm. I like it. I wouldn't be mad at it. It seems like he is linked to us every season. I don't know why. Yeah. Like, What links him to us specifically? Um, but I'm all for it. I know a lot of other guys I've talked to aren't really too hyped about it. They want some of these young guys, and I get it. And that leads me to Marcus May. Mm-hmm. Young dude. The next one I was looking at, too. Yeah, the, the Jets would be stupid to get rid of this guy. He's probably their next young playmaker on defense for them. But once again, it's the Jets. You just don't know what they're going to do. Um, 27 years old, which is kind of strange because I thought he was younger than that. And I, I did this too. to Nate. And he'll I actually talk- he'll be 28 in a couple weeks too. So you're right. He's yeah. getting closer to 30 than I really thought. I mentioned it to Nate because I know Nate Coleman loves Marcus May. Huge Marcus May fan. He wants him in Washington. I messaged him. I'm like, did you know he's about to be 28? And he's like, no, I thought he was younger than that because he's only been in the league since 2017. So he right. literally entered the league like 24, almost 25. Right. So – you talk about like the age factor. He's young. He hasn't been in the league that long, but he's he's 27 years old. But the thing I like about Marcus May is how versatile he is, and that's that's the number one word. I guarantee you that V word is all over the locker room, yeah, <laughs> especially exactly. in Ron Rivera's office. Exactly. He played he played 400 snaps at free safety. He played 200 in the box and 125 at slot corner. And that's, that's a lot you- of snaps. That's what you need from a safety, from a defensive back period. Can you rotate around? Can you be a guy like Kendall Fuller right here, you know, for Washington that can play all over the place? That's what they need. And that would be amazing. Like you said, I think New York, for as bad a run as the Jets are, they I think they would even be crazy to get rid of him. So I'm not going to get my hopes up. But he definitely is an intriguing name. Um, and like you said, you know, Getting closer to 30 than we thought, but like you said, only four seasons under his belt, still probably pretty fresh legs. So would certainly not mind uh, him coming this way. Yeah, they're looking at like a 15 uh, mil per year contract for him. I think that's phenomenal. I'd bring him here in a heartbeat. Yeah, Like you said, still younger, showed a lot of upside. He's the reason that they were comfortable getting rid of Jamal Adams. Yeah. You don't get rid of him unless you have someone who can step up and fill that similar role. And he he might be a free safety, but he filled in that role as like that predator for them, that leader on the secondary. Took over that with ease. Yeah, which makes me think that he they they they're not going to let him get away. That the, the yeah. fact that they gave up Jamal Adams and, and know what he brings to the table. So I'm not going to get my hopes up, but if there's some reason that he does, I would absolutely be about that. Yeah, how do you replace those two in a two, three-year span? Yeah, for real. So another guy we mentioned, Virginia. Another guy that I mentioned last year as well from Manassas, Virginia, Justin Simmons from the Broncos. Like I said, it'd be crazy to get rid of Von Miller. It'd be insane to get rid of Justin Simmons, one of their best defensive players consistently. Um, Can he possibly be a tag option for them? I think so. What do you know about Justin Simmons? Yeah, I mean, he just kind of makes plays. Uh, I remember him, you know, making a play on a two-point conversion a few years ago, just a guy that is always around the ball. Everything I've seen, like you said, it seems like they're going to tag him if they don't get a long-term deal done. I almost just kind of skipped over his name when I was looking through safeties uh, yeah. just because I don't expect Not him much quit. of a chance. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think Von Miller leaves Denver before he does. I think that's how much they value mm-hmm. Simmons and just him being younger. Um, so I, while I would love to have Simmons, he would be at the top of all these lists. Um, I just don't think that Denver lets him get away, whether it be a long-term deal or whether it, it's on the tag. Yeah, they have Denver signing him to a five-year, 82-and-a-half-mil contract, so they're planning on throwing the bag at him. Wouldn't surprise me, but like I, like I said, at the end of the day, you just don't know what the cap situation. Very slim chance, but if there's any chance at all, you go after this guy. If you want someone with a quick trigger that can cover the whole, the whole field and great in the run stop, Justin Simmons is your guy. Yeah. 
He's quick right. to the ball. We talked about with Levante David. He's the safety, Levante David, um, and younger. So definitely someone who's been on my list the last two seasons now. Uh, it's funny, like, writing some of these names down, I'm like, dang, I talked about him last year on the podcast. Like, he's a free agent again. Like, do we jump on some of these guys? Yeah. Then the, my last guy I had for the safety role was Marcus Williams. And this mm-hmm. is where I talked about with the Saints being so much over the cap. It's insane. I don't even remember the number, but I was like, that's there's no way they're going to be signing yeah. a lot of these guys. I mean, what is it? They're trying to figure out a way to pay Drew Brees after he retires to try to yeah. take some of that. <laughs> royalty. I mean, yeah, it's, they're in such a bad spot. Uh, being down here in Atlanta, I hear about it a little bit more because they love to hate on the Saints, which I get. Uh, and yeah, it seems like it's a disaster there. They'll figure out a way because they, they kind of cheat, but um, yeah, it seems crazy. And I think we're going to see a couple of legit players have to just go from there just to make ends meet. Yeah, especially on their defensive side of the ball. They, they've got to pay some studs this offseason. But if you talk about Marcus Williams, you're going to know this guy because of the uh, Minnesota miracle, mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs. But don't let that fool you. This is one of the top safeties in this free agent class he's 24 years old ranks in the 90th percentile for coverage and has the highest rate of force incompletions among safeties at 24. Yeah. I, I like him a lot. And like you said, that it's hard to, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to pick on him for one play, but yeah, that was a bad play. It was really no, bad. Yeah. I get it. It's part of their curse, but still, yeah. If, if you play like this consistently throughout the season, that one play does hurt. But he came back, and he's shown out the last few seasons since and, then. And was he not – maybe you already said this. Was he not a rookie that year? I mean, that's the kind of mistake a rookie makes. It just happened to be in the biggest moment. He might have been. He might have been a rookie that year. So that's a good point. I mean, he either learned first, from it. Yeah, I mean, either first or second year because, I mean, that was, what, 2017, 2018. So – but anyway, yeah, you know, I'm not going to hold a, hold that against him. That was just a crazy play. and But he's he's a solid player, and – that's where I'm saying maybe Washington scoops in for one of these guys that, you know, whether it be Marcus Williams or be another guy who's an unexpected cap casualty, that's maybe that's where they get some of the, these, these holes to fill, but looking, yeah. I mean, kind of, it seems like the safety position is kind of top heavy, you know, like you start to go down the list a little bit more and you see like a Duran Harmon, Keanu Neal, Malik Hooker. I mean, I think that Washington is really going to try to go after one of these top tier safeties that's available whether it be Harris, May, Williams, whoever it is, I got to think that Washington lands a big-time safety. That, that that would be my you know, lock of the offseason. I've seen Neil linked to us a little bit too. I forgot who it was, but someone put an article out linking him to us as a possible target. I haven't done too much on him. You being Atlanta, maybe you can yeah. talk to him, see, see if he's willing to come to Washington. Maybe it's hard feelings for me because I think that he pretty much ended Jordan Re- uh, Reed's career here in Washington in the in the preseason. But yeah, he I don't just, think people would like him here. Yeah, I, I mean, and, you know, I'm not really holding that against him. But he also, you know, for two straight seasons until last year, played four total games. I mean, you know, he was a little bit injury prone. Um, I think from the start, people thought that that, that Atlanta kind of reached and then he kind of seemed to be a good fit for Dan Quinn's defense. And then Dan Quinn kind of just was bad at defense all of a sudden. I just I, I would stay away from him. I think that he you know could potentially get hurt again. He can barely hang on to the football, which is what what this team needs is a guy that can come in and, and create turnovers. And he's a thumper. But I, I just don't think that he's going to – I don't think he's great in coverage. I think he's almost more like a, a strong, maybe, a, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think that he would be a good fit, and I, I don't know that I'd be too crazy about that. I will say, when we talk about big names, this corner free agency has some two big ones at the top, and I really want to hear your opinions on this because these are interesting. Not often do you see guys like Patrick Peterson and Richard Sherman hit the free mm-hmm. agency market. So my question for you, you know, we have a young secondary. Like I said, we got some young guys. Fuller's probably one of the more veteran guys for our secondary. We got Cam Curl, who's still learning. Just phenomenal guys, seventh-round pick. Can't wait to see what he does, like I said. But do you bring in an older guy like Patrick Peterson or Richard Sherman? They're still expected to get pretty, you know, lofty deals in the 10 to 12 million range per year. Are you comfortable paying a guy that much that's that old in the back half of his career? Let me let me throw this scenario out that I'm just thinking about. I'm thinking more Patrick Peterson in this regard. Could he potentially do like a Charles Woodson 
and kind of reinvent himself towards the end as a safety? Could he come in and be that kind of hybrid guy? Because I feel like he's athletic enough. We, we see, you know, his coverage skills. I mean, maybe that makes sense. And, and you're right. I mean, this is a pretty young secondary. I mean, Fuller is a, a veteran, but I mean, what is he only in his fifth year or so? Uh, Darby's kind of the same way. We know Jimmy Moreland's pretty young. You know, I think it could help to have a, a, a veteran guy out there and, and who could potentially be versatile and, you know, maybe kind of recreate it there at the end, maybe have a little bit of magic for a couple of years as a safety hybrid. I don't know if that's something, you know, I don't know the X's and O's that well of his game, but I think it certainly couldn't hurt to have a guy that's experienced like that. I will say with Patrick Peterson, he is one of the best defensive uh, players I've ever seen coming off the line. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've been doing recently with the scouting academies, watching when I was, you know, studying wide receivers, there's guys, you know, talking about their routes um, and Golden Tate, um, Tyler Lockett, and um, someone else, Adam Thielen was the three guys that you, you watch them sit down and go over routes. And all three of them brought up Patrick Peterson. And I saw why this guy, he is so smart and he's so physical at the line, but whether he's jamming the receiver, whether he's, you know, matching them step for step, very, very rarely do you ever see him give up big plays. You know, yeah. you mentioned like you talk about like Darrell Reeves' back in the day and stuff like that. Patrick Peterson really hasn't missed a step as old as he is, as long as he's been in the NFL. I was going to say, you know, he kind of flew as much as you can fly under the radar, and he was still named, wasn't he named like the 100 year team or something like that? Anyway, yeah. I mean, he, he did have to battle with guys like Richard Sherman, who was a little more boisterous, and, you know, Darrell Reeves, who, who made a name for himself. And then, you know, Jalen Ramsey coming behind him. It's almost like he really never got the credit that he deserved. And, and you're right. I mean, we still see him making impact plays this far into his career. You know, what's stopping him from doing that somewhere else? So certainly, certainly an option. I mean, I, I'm all about not breaking the bank as I've made that pretty clear for older guys, but it, it doesn't hurt to have some veteran presence and, and a veteran a guy out there who's who's been around a little bit longer than the guys you have. It could be the final, you know, bow on this defense. Yeah, I will say, like you said, Patrick Peterson is one of those guys. Like, does he get recognition? Yes, but he he's he's one of the best corners of our generation, straight up. And the yeah. more I watch this guy, like just watching, you're trying to study wide receivers, and you can't help but you're like watching Peterson the whole time. Like, gosh, yeah. he is step for step with them. He makes their job so hard. He's taking some of the top receivers completely off of their game. And Tyler Lockett talked about it. He's like, man, he's like, you think you know what you're about to do until you get in front of Patrick Peterson. And he completely – he knows exactly who you are and he knows exactly what moves you're about to do. He said he would mirror him to a T every week, every time he played him. He was like, he he's one of a kind. And I, I get it. He's older. Do you bring a guy like this here? I would like what a two, two, three year deal, like 10 mil a year. You have to consider it. Mm-hmm. Richard Sherman, on the other hand, such an interesting guy. Cause you see what he did with the 49ers kind of fell back, kind of bounced back. It's been so back and forth, had some injuries. He seems to thrive in a good defense, which yeah. we have a good defense. It's like with Richard Sherman, like, are you, are you willing to throw him in here once again, like a two, three year deal? Or like, how are you feeling about Sherman? <sighs> I I like Richard Sherman a lot, and I think you're right. I think he – I'm not taking anything away from him, but he certainly benefits from having, you know, a Michael Bennett, K.J. Wright, Bobby Wagner, Cam Chancellor, you know, the Bosa. Fred Warner, Bosa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he definitely benefits from that, and I think he's a smart enough player to where he can kind of cover his own weaknesses. I just think that, you know, it's a little bit too far into his career. I'd rather, you know – if I'm having to pick between him and Ronald Darby, I'd rather just have Darby. I'd just rather roll with it. Uh, Darby, who's who's younger. Um, so I'd probably stay away from Sherman, and it's no knock on him, but I just think that eventually the wheels start to fall off, and I think we could be headed that way for Sherman. I think he makes a lot of sense for a team that is ready to contend. And I think you know, Washington's a couple steps away. I think we can be honest. But a team yeah. like Buffalo that was right there a team, you know, that has a solid defense that could use just one more veteran piece, um, something like that, where Washington might be at that point a couple of years from now. It's funny you said that because I think in the PFF projections, they actually had him signing with Buffalo. Oh, yeah, nice. I want to say. <laughs> so, something like that. that one. Like, you know, I keep saying Baltimore and, and Buffalo, but those teams, you know, that are just like one or two steps away from taking that next step. 
I think that's where a guy like Richard Sherman makes a lot of sense. I agree. And I wrote down three corners um, from my list, and they're probably all guys that people have never heard of except one. There's another familiar face who might be coming back to Washington. Um, but I'll start out with Troy Hill from the Rams, a guy that not a lot of people know. He's a younger, you know, versatile corner. He's, he's a vet, but he's still like not in that old stage yet. Um, but he can play in a slot. He can play outside too. He's He played 546 snaps in the slot in 2020. So we have Jimmy Moreland. Mm-hmm. But once again, you want that guy who can fill multiple positions. So play him on the outside as a cornerback two, cornerback three. But if something happens with Jimmy Moreland, I'm high on Jimmy. I think he's going to be a great you know, slot corner for us. Something happens to him where he just ends up not panning out. You have a guy like Troy Hill who you can move to the slot, who has the experience to just jump right in, be a solid starter. And he's shown like he does so much better when he has help, like a Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Um, when they signed him, he got a lot better, which is going to happen because he's not asked to take over the best right. wide receiver on the team. Jalen Ramsey is, and I feel like Fuller would do that too. So if we lose Darby, you have a guy like Troy Hill that can come in and play multiple positions. Who's someone you had on your list? Yeah, Troy Hill, and, and I just mentioned him one more time, three touchdowns. I mean, he made the most of his opportunities. Um, but a guy that, you know, I really like, and I don't know that he'll get away from the 49ers is Jason Barrett. Uh, I feel like, I feel like they're going to sign him long-term, but I feel like he, he was solid in San Diego. And then I think was, got bit by the injury bug and really yeah. kind of turned it back around. I would love to have him. He, he's one of those vets, like you said, that's, that's been around for a while, but doesn't seem too, too old. Um, and and, may, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't have his age in front of me, but you know, I wouldn't mind having him as a guy if Ronald Darby doesn't pan out. And I kind of say that because I think Darby's at the top of my list. I think you know to have that. I think he's a must sign for us. Yeah, to have that continuity is really important to see him kind of thrive in in this system. I'd love to have him back, um, but Verrett would be up there. Um, but I don't know that the 49ers let him go. I don't know how high they are on him. Um, but he would probably be my next next uh, best pick. I know my guys at the 49er podcast, fourth and gold, they love this guy. But once again, they're trying to pay so many players. They want right. Trent Williams back on the offensive side. And then you have all these guys like Richard Sherman on the defensive side. You just don't really know who's going to come back. He's been like that guy that's like 50-50 that might possibly leave. I didn't write him down, but I'm glad you mentioned him. He's definitely someone that I would love to see us get. And then uh, AJ Boye just got released mm-hmm. not too long ago too. I didn't write him down, but I knew I'd mention him because once again, I mentioned him last season. Yeah. Um, he's really iffy. He's, he was really good. Then he kind of backslid, you know, kind of just floating around that. He benefited uh, from that, that sick uh, Jacksonville defense. Gosh, what a waste of a defense. That yeah. Was. I mean, none, none of those guys are still there outside of Miles Jacks. It's so yeah, strange. Poor Miles Jack. He's yeah. just looking around like, but, but I, I guess we're getting Trevor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Verrett and, and, uh, uh, Boye are both close to 30. So uh, this seem, another one of those guys that seem a little bit younger, but um, they're still not, they're still on the right side of 30, I would say. Um, so yeah, definitely could be options to look at. Should, should Washington need to go somewhere else for Darby or even pluck a, a, a solid veteran in addition to Darby. I wrote down one more young player um, that has high upside potential. So I kind of thought about, you know, how we signed Darby to this one year, three year, I mean, a one year, three mil deal last mm-hmm. season. A guy that I think would be interesting in Washington is Cameron Sutton from Pittsburgh. Um, right now, his market value is only about five mil a year. Um, very small sample size. He had just 621 career snaps before this season and played 522 this season. Like I said, he just has that high upside, uh, former third-round pick. He's only 25. Small sample size, but he showed that he can thrive. Um, played outside in the back half of the season. He's used to playing in the slot. Didn't have any trouble at all. Looked comfortable on the outside. And like I said, that versatile guy, he's played in the box, he's played on the outside, and he's played slot. So if something happens, you know, if you're if you're giving this guy three, four, five mil years, you know, contract, a high upside pick that could pay off just like Darby did for us this year if he doesn't come back. And just another young guy that can thrive with a good defensive line, hopefully a good linebacker core, and then some help me on the side with Fuller. Yeah. But, it, it, uh, one, one thing sure. I, I want to say is the versatility. I would say that, you know, Jack Del Rio did a good job, a great job for most of the year of making adjustments. 
Um, but I'd like to see him get a little bit more creative. And maybe that was kind of limited with some of the, the guys that he had. And so if you get a, more, a couple more versatile guys, maybe a guy that doesn't have quite the perfect fit, is he? does that allow him to get a little more creative to kind of disguise looks? Because you know that all four guys can kind of play all four defensive back positions. You know what I'm saying? So maybe it makes sense to go get a guy like that, like Sutton, who can kind of play all over the place and allow you to, change some things up and kind of throw some stuff at, at teams that they haven't seen before. Yeah. Versatility, you know, it doesn't just help the injury bug and, you know, depth and to where you can move around. It also helps out schemes and, you know, play design, sub packages, stuff like that. These guys can come in at different roles. Um, So I'll end with this question. A guy that we kind of talked about last year had a four game suspension um, before coming back, looked pretty good with the Kansas city chiefs. Good old Bashad Breeland. Mm-hmm. How would you feel about Bree coming back, reuniting with Fuller, bringing his Super Bowl rings to Washington, hopefully going for a Super Bowl run? Well, I I really liked Breeland when he was here. I think he was kind of, um, I don't know, undervalued maybe a little bit. And you know, I, I don't I don't know what the exactly the deal was, but I, I always liked Breeland. And maybe that allows like Fuller to be kind of more of that hybrid safety corner role, you know, because they've done it together in Kansas City. Um, it could make sense for for the right uh, amount. Um, maybe he wants to take a short term deal and then maybe get broke off one more time or something like that. Um, it could be worth looking into. And you, you got you know you got to think that they'll they'll they're, they'll turn to Kendall Fuller and see you know what do you think about this? Can can you make this work again? Uh, does Breland want to come back to Washington? Are there hard feelings there? I mean, I know it's probably a completely different team from the last time it was here, but uh, it would be interesting. It, it probably would get a lot of talk. It probably rubs some people the wrong way, but uh, it could be interesting. And like you said, they've done it before, so it's hard to argue with success. Yeah, it's it's nice having familiar faces around when, you know, it's a different team now than it was when he was here. Like you talk right. about all the defensive guys like DJ Swearinger that was here. Um, you know, there's just – so many Josh guys have ended up leaving. Yeah. yeah. It's just completely different team. You feel so much better about the team right now than you did back then. It's a lot more stability now. Guys aren't wanting to leave as much. You know, how Clinton Dix is like, I'm not coming back, even though you're paying me more. I'm leaving. <laughs> like right. Stuff right. like that. So it would be nice to have another familiar face around here, going on another playoff run, trying to make it past that first round. So it's definitely on the table. They're having his market value at $5 million a year. Very reasonable. Mm-hmm. I think marijuana is legal in DC now. So <laughs> that, <laughs> that wouldn't be a help. problem. Yeah, that, could that wouldn't help. be a problem. Sure. You wouldn't be in trouble as much. Um, but other than that, Brian, I think we killed it once again. We got a yeah. great list. The biggest question is who comes back? Do we stay young? Do we get vets coming in? What's the one lock? If you had to pick one guy out of all the positions that we talked about, one guy to lock, who would Come it be? To DC. Uh, yeah, I, I would say I think Anthony Harris. Uh, it just it makes too much sense. They need another safety. Uh, they've been linked to him for feels like the last decade, twenty years. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Anthony Harris is coming to DC finally. Uh, it might you know he might not be the greatest safety, but I think he provides some stability, and that's better than Washington has had for a long time at the safety position. So. Uh, I just think it makes too much sense. You know, there's so much smoke that I think eventually there's a fire there. And Anthony Harris to to D.C. Uh, is my lock for the defensive side of the football. If I had to put chips and bet on one of these actually happening, I think Anthony Harris would be. But don't sleep on Marcus Williams. I'm telling you, if I had to pick one for the Saints, they just don't have enough money to pay. There's probably a 90% chance he doesn't come back. Yeah. They're that bad in cap casualty. He's more than likely one of the guys hit, and I think this is a guy that Ron would jump all over. Is he on that higher range? Yes, but it's going to be worth every single dollar. Well, yeah, like I said, I think you know whether it's Anthony Harris, Marcus May, you know Marcus Williams. I think safety is definitely the place on defense that they're going to be willing to spend a little bit more money. So I think they absolutely add a guy or, or two or, or you know whatever, but they spend some good change uh, in the back half of that defense. Absolutely. And we have to look towards the draft too. So Brian, it was great talking. Guys, Sunday, I'm going to be sitting down with Austin Watkins Jr. from UAB, the wide receiver. 
Let's One go. of the most sure hands in the draft. PFF put like their complete wide receiver together, like who has the best routes, best hands. And his whole career, UAB has had one drop. PFF put him as the best hands in the draft. You're not going to want to miss it. Honestly, the coolest, most humble, chillest player I've ever talked to. Like I couldn't, like his character just screams out to me. And y'all are going to see it on Sunday. So I'm looking forward to that. So stay tuned. But Brian, don't forget, guys. Go to 500level.com, use our code BNP20, get that sick shirt. That Chase Young right there. Check out HTWR. Also, those guys are killing it. Subscribe to all the podcasts in the Washington Football Team Network, and we will see y'all on Sunday. I've been a great football thing for Maybe I got it all too fast. Too soon. Living life, no fans, no rules. I've been trying to make it last, make it move. Make it move. But I'm a hop in this foreign and like a fool. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.